It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. Welcome. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's spend a little bit of time on the Michael Cohen situation here. The president has made a statement, Angela Earhart, on Fox News. I want to play that for you because, you know, believe it or not, people still have these conversations. I spoke about this a little bit last night on the president's character. Is he Does he have good character or bad character? And it, for a while, a lot of Republicans were saying, well, he's got good character. Um, well, how do you explain this? And, and they would quibble and talk about transactional things like, well, he's given us X, Y, and Z, but Gorsuch. Uh, and more and more Republicans are willing to say, eh, it doesn't matter. We're getting what we want. Uh, that, that seems to be the consensus opinion at this point. I mean, it, it's no longer really disputable. The president's cheating, cheated on his current wife while she was pregnant uh, with an adult film star, which is uh, what led to some of the Cohen stuff. Let, let's not forget, Cohen um, is, we're all focusing on Stormy Daniels, but there's another woman as well. In the, in the charges against him, there was a second woman who's been paid off. So it actually turns out, believe it or not, the president having bad character works to his advantage in the Cohen case. Yes, let me say that again. The president having bad character works to his advantage legally in the Michael Cohen case. Now, bear with me here while I explain this. First, the audio from the president talking to Fox News. If I can get the audio here for just a second. Sorry, we're having some computer issues around here this morning or the afternoon. Um, so the president goes on with Fox and he tells Ansley Earhart essentially he knew after the fact. But in his statements, he contradicts some of what Cohen pled guilty to. Uh, later on, I knew. Later on. But you have to understand, Ansley, what he did and they weren't taken out of campaign finance. That's a big thing. That's a much bigger thing. Did they come out of the campaign? They didn't come out of the campaign. They came from me, and I tweeted about it. You know, I put, I don't know if you know, but I tweeted uh, about the payments. But they didn't come out of campaign. In fact, my first question when I heard about it was, did they come out of the campaign? Because that could be a little dicey. And they didn't come out of the campaign, and that's big. But they weren't, that's not a, it's not even a campaign Violation. If you look at President Obama, he had a massive campaign violation, but he had a different attorney general, and they viewed it a lot different. Well, it sounds like a subtle attack on Jeff Sessions there. Um, but part of the problem is that Michael Cohen says that this money did come from the campaign in his indictment, and it's his word against the president's there. The U.S. attorney says that there is a paper trail says that there are documents, says that they can show that this was related to a campaign. And that's very important when it comes to the president's statements here. Uh, now, what do I mean by that? Well, let me play read for you what the U.S. attorney submitted to the court as to what they had on the situation. With respect to count seven and eight, as the defendant uh, uh, said, and as detailed in the information filed today, 
the government would prove that the defendant caused an illegal corporate contribution of $150,000 to be made in coordination with a candidate or campaign for federal office, and also that Mr. Cohen made an excessive contribution of $130,000 in coordination with the campaign or candidate uh, for purposes of influencing the election. The proof of these counts at trial would establish that the payments were made in order to ensure that each recipient of the payments did not publicize their stories of alleged affairs with the candidate. The evidence would include recordings of records obtained from an April 9, 2018 series of search warrants, including hard copy documents, seized electronic devices, and audio recordings. We would offer text messages, messages sent over encrypted applications, phone records, and emails. We would also submit various records produced to us via subpoena, including records from the corporation, reference in the information as Corporation One, and records from the media company also referred to. Well, wait, 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 wait. One of the things here is that it was a corporate, it was a payment from a corporation and it was designed or induced to influence the election. This is where the president having bad character comes into play. Now, you got to follow along with me here. Uh, The left will tell you that this was clearly a campaign finance violation because clearly Michael Cohen was using money to silence someone to avoid the influencing of the election. And I can see the argument, and most of you can see the argument, that had Stormy Daniels come out and said, yes, I had an affair with the president, and I cheated on him with, or cheated with him on his wife while she was pregnant, some Christian evangelicals who went with him probably would not have, and he could have lost the election. But... This is where having bad character comes in handy for the president. Let me read for you the Federal Election Commission's regulations on whether or not something is determined to be influencing a campaign or for a campaign benefit. Commission regulations provide a test called the irrespective test to differentiate legitimate campaign and officeholder expenses from personal expenses. Under the irrespective test, Personal use is any use of funds in a campaign account of a candidate or former candidate to fulfill a commitment, obligation, or expense of any person that would exist irrespective of the candidate's campaign or responsibilities as a federal office holder. Put simply, if the expense would exist even in the absence of a candidacy or even if the office holder were not in office, then the personal use ban applies, means you can't use campaign contributions to do something. Well, the other issue here is if the candidate engages in a pattern or practice regularly that they would still be engaged in if they were not running for office, you can't say that by engaging in that activity while on the campaign trail, they were trying to influence an election. Do you understand this? If you and I breathe on a regular basis and then run for office, no one can say that we're now breathing because we're running for office. We would be breathing whether or not we ran for office. This is where the bad character comes into the president's benefit. If the president was in a routine of paying off women to buy their silence while having extramarital affairs with them, even if he wasn't a candidate for office, you can't say legally that he paid money to shut someone up to avoid influencing the election because he would have done it anyway. Yes, that's actually the legal argument you make here. 
the president's bad character is someone who had affairs routinely on his wives and paid the mistresses to shut up about it to avoid him having to pay alimony. It's true. The president has done this multiple times. You don't need to defend him on this point now, and you don't need to deny it, because if you deny it, then it becomes a campaign finance violation, meaning that the president only did it this time to save himself in the election. But no, the president has a history of paying women to shut up about cheating on his wives with him. He does have a history. It's not just Stormy Daniels and the other woman. It's several other women. He has had affairs on all three of his wives, has a pattern and practice of doing it, and has a pattern and practice of paying off the women with whom he's had the affairs. So you can't say he did it this time to influence the election because he's been doing it for years. The bad character wins for the president on this. I I hope you all see my point here. And I'm not making this in jest. I'm actually being serious here. The president of the United States has done this repeatedly over the years. You cannot look at what he did to Stormy Daniels and say this was done to influence the election. You can say that's what happened. That is what happened. Yes, that had Christian evangelicals known he was cheating on his wife with a porn star before the election, they might not have voted for him. Yes, but was that the intent Now, Michael Cohen says that was the intent. Michael Cohen says it was. Michael Cohen says there are documents. Michael Cohen says there are conversations that they had to shut up Stormy Daniels because of the election. But all the president has to do is say, I've been doing this forever. This one wasn't different. I've been doing this even before I ran for president. And suddenly it falls outside campaign finance violations. Listen, Don't believe me. Look at the prosecutors in the John Edwards case. They wound up dropping the case because of this particular issue. That's why they dropped the John Edwards case, because he wasn't a good guy to begin with. They couldn't say it was done to shape the election. Other people went to jail for it. They got in trouble for it because their intent clearly was to shape the election. But as to the candidate himself, eh. This has been a pattern in practice of his for a while. We can't say he's doing it this time to do something different than all the other times. It was too high a bar to get through a jury. Having bad character helps the president in this one case. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank. And it's sometimes very difficult, and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the Internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N 
dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 26 after the hour. My buddy Joe makes a good point that I should point out that this does make the president more honest than Bill Clinton. Uh, who never wanted to admit his affairs as president's been admitting them for a while. Uh, to the phones we go. Matt in Cartersville, you're up first tonight. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how are you? I, uh, just a quick question. Um, if the president reimbursed Michael Cohen for those uh, hush payments, isn't he legally off the hook because um, he can use whatever kind of personal money he, he, he wants to for his own campaign? Yeah, so there is one issue here, and it gets to the Michael Cohen indictment, is it does appear that the president's campaign paid money to the Trump organization, an amount of money equal to what Michael Cohen paid. And if that's the case, uh, then there is some legal jeopardy there for the president in that the campaign essentially reimbursed a personal uh, something personal, not campaign related. Uh, if it was completely unrelated, then okay. Now they're going to have to convince a jury that it was the same thing. But financially, you can a financial audit may very well say that. Listen, okay, Cohen paid this woman one hundred thirty, hundred fifty thousand, whatever it was. Uh, and then the Trump organization paid Cohen back. That's all well and good. No problem. This this is the president does this sort of stuff. But then to say, but then the campaign paid back the Trump organization. Well, then it does become a campaign finance issue where the campaign clearly viewed this as a campaign payment as opposed to just a personal thing that the president sometimes did. That causes problems, which gets to where we need to go. The impeachment question against the president. It is 39 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, to the phones we go, Robert and Noonan, welcome. Hey, Eric. Quick question. Uh, can they impeach a president for crimes prior to his swearing in, or does it have to be after while he's president? And they cannot... Um, um, if they cannot impeach prior, um, then the uh, situation with paying off the um, using the um, slush funds to pay back the attorney may be a moot point. Yes. Uh, so it, it depends, Robert, on who you ask on this. Um, it, the general thinking in the past has been that impeachment for high crimes and misdemeanors, if you read what the founders wrote, uh, had everything to do with crimes committed while in office, not things that happened before office. Uh, and the Justice Department over the years, and when this issue has come up, has also seemed to reflect that, that impeachment was for something that happened while the president was in office. But 
the the dirty truth is that impeachment is a political thing and if the democrats think they can get away with impeaching the president they will um the issue though here even more specifically and this is something republicans have to contend with is that if michael cohen's is telling the truth and he pled guilty in a court of law to this he is saying that the president of the United States committed a felony before he was uh, sworn into office. And if the president committed a felony before he was sworn into office, uh, what do you do? Well, the Justice Department, with a bipartisan coalition, uh, they it came up with this when Richard Nixon was president. They affirmed it when Bill Clinton was president. The Justice Department has long said that a sitting president cannot be indicted for a crime, for any crime. Uh, now, the reason is because in American constitutional law, the executive power flows through the president. It is an outward expression of the president's power. All of the all of the executive branch is an outward expression of the president's power. So the president can indict himself because that would be turning that power back on himself. And because the president cannot indict himself, you have to wait for him to leave office to be able to indict him on crimes. And then you have to hope, if you're the president, that you get someone there who would pardon you for those crimes, which is what Gerald Ford did for Richard Nixon. Ultimately, this does become an issue of impeachment. Did the president commit a crime? If Michael Cohen and and y'all, you got to contend with this. And I know some of you want to dismiss this because you want to protect the president. Uh, And I get that some people will scream and and complain and say this isn't like Bill Clinton because it was perjury and blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is you now have a man who has pled guilty in court for working in coordination with the president of the United States to commit a felony. That is the reality. And, you know, Bill Barack Obama... His campaign was charged with campaign finance violations. The president mentioned this in a statement with Ansley Earhart. There's a difference. There was no evidence. There was no one who pled guilty. There was no one at all who said that Barack Obama himself had ordered the campaign finance violation. According to Michael Cohen pleading guilty in court, he's saying he was directed to do what he did by the president of the United States. There is a big difference because campaign finance laws are premised on the candidate's knowledge. There was never any evidence put forward that candidate Barack Obama knew about a campaign finance violation. There were people on his staff who did it. Campaign finance law is very complicated. And if you commit a violation and you don't know you're committing a violation, you get fined, but you don't go to jail. What Michael Cohen is saying in his plea deal is that President Trump ordered him to do this. If President Trump ordered him to do this and moved money from his campaign into the Trump organization to pay Michael Cohen back, then it is a campaign finance violation. It is one the president did knowingly, and it's bad. And if you're going to say Bill Clinton should have been found guilty and should have been impeached, well, then you're having a harder and harder time defending the president. If no money had ever been transferred from the Trump campaign back to the Trump organization to pay back Michael Cohen, which is what Michael Cohen says happened, this wouldn't be an issue. 
It's the transfer of funds from the campaign to the organization to Michael Cohen that becomes problematic, made more problematic by Michael Cohen saying the president structured it as so himself. He had the knowledge, which means he had the intent to do it, which is the problem here, that this president, frankly, if he were not president, would be indicted for this. Here's the thing, and, and this, this is the important issue here. Um, you can say, but Hillary all day long, but if Donald Trump were not president and this had come out in this way, he would be indicted today. And the U.S. attorney has all but made that clear in their statement on what they have, that if he were not president, he would be indicted here. Um, the presidency is protecting him. Um, Bill in Atlanta, you're next. Welcome. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, I, I think people have tried to make the comparison with the Obama administration, but in, in what I've read, those have, were like kind of almost paperwork issues and that they didn't file within 48 hours. But, you, you know, the argument you make, I think one flaw in it might be that the McDougal affair happened in 2006 and the Stormy Daniels happened in 2011. So that the fact that Trump and Cohen paid it in 2016 kind of makes it out to be clear that they paid it off for a political reason there see yes I'm, I'm glad you said that bill because that that gets to the argument of if this campaign finance yes the, the president has paid off these things in the past with other women but this one they paid it off when they got word from the inquirer that she was shopping the story around right before the election I think it's always tough to have, I'm just a sleazy guy defense. <laughs> yes, but you know it's been done successfully, um, and, and that would have to be his defense, though. But uh, look, i got to let you go there because i got to take a commercial break, but you're right. I mean, that is part of the problem with the I'm a sleazy guy defense is that uh, the sleaze took place years ago, and they only paid her off when it was in the middle of an election season. So again, all this would go to a jury. Uh, could the president get a fair trial in this country? There's a question to ask yourselves. All righty. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson, about 56 after the hour. Real quick, Tom, uh, I want to go to you. We've only got about a minute, though. Okay. Hi, Eric. How are you today? Well. Um, you are making a very big assumption on this Michael Cohen. Just because he pled guilty does not mean that he's telling the truth. That's uh, Yeah, I, I tried to say that earlier, yeah. He, he could very well be saying, you know, telling whatever that prosecutor wants him to say so that he can get, you know, as favorable a, a deal as possible. Jail, the prosecutor gets the, oh, look at me, I got you, but I can't do anything with you. Right. Moment. Well, and, and you know, th th that's the issue for a jury if they were to to go to trial with this, which they can't do. I, I'm of the mindset that a president cannot be indicted while he's president. I I, I am. Um, I, I don't think they can touch the president as long as he's president. The, the avenue there would be impeachment. And so, yeah, the, I mean, this is the argument that the president is making, that Michael Cohen got a favorable deal from the prosecutor uh, in order to throw the president under the bus. Um, that then begs the question of why would the prosecutor want a favorable deal to, to go after the president when the prosecutor knows they can't go after the president? But all of this would be up to a jury. A jury would have to make its mind. What I do know is I want to move on to Elizabeth Warren and her horrible comments about the girl in Iowa. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 
It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I'm sorry I'm chuckling because I know what I'm going to talk about next, and it's not Elizabeth Warren. We'll get to that. But uh, have you all heard about the story? That I mean, this happened in the last 24 hours. Uh, someone on Twitter named Naomi H., She tweeted out in all caps, everyone shut the up. I got accepted for a NASA internship. A man named Homer Hickman replied and just said language. And her response to him was, um, well, suck various things. I'm working at NASA. And his reply to that was, And I'm on the National Space Council that oversees NASA. (laughs) She no longer has her NASA internship. (laughs) Yes. Yes, this is the actual exchange on Twitter. I just retweeted this, the screenshot of this exchange. This is the actual exchange. Everybody shut the up. I, I got accepted for a NASA internship. All he does is reply with language and she tells him to do all sorts of inappropriate things and concludes it by saying, I'm working at NASA. And he just says, I'm on the National Space Council that oversees NASA. Now, he says, there's a media story out now that he says um, she reached out very privately and apologized. And he apologized to her for causing her controversy. He is not on the hiring and firing committee at all. It doesn't know who at NASA made the decision to pull the plug on her internship and has reached out to NASA to say, eh, she is qualified and has learned her lesson, Maybe let her let her in now. But nonetheless, um, yeah, you know, I, I just don't think people understand the damage they can do to themselves on social media, um, which, you know, if there's a, a lesson to the political climate of the day, it's it's the president's tweets are going to be used in, in all the ongoing Michael Cohen stuff to try to, to drag out what did or did not happen. Now, we do need to go to the, the Elizabeth Warren story. Elizabeth Warren was on CNN and she was asked about um, the the poor young lady in Iowa who was murdered by the immigrant who may or may not now be illegal. His lawyer says he was here legally on a farm program. The Department of Justice seems to be saying that is wrong and he actually is an illegal alien. I'm going to go with the Department of Justice and not him, but nonetheless... I want to play you this audio from Elizabeth Warren. I want to get one last question in sure. here because it is a story, a very important story in the news. It has to do with Molly Tibbetts, the young woman in Iowa who was murdered. Her body believed to be found yesterday. A person has been charged with that. This person is an undocumented immigrant. Um, Mike Pence and the president have suggested the immigration laws need to be stronger so that people like this man who was accused of this murder were not in the country. Your reaction? Yeah. My, I'm so sorry for the family here, and I know this is hard, not only for the family, but for the people in her community, the people throughout Iowa. Um, but one of the things we have to remember is we need an immigration system that is effective, that focuses on where real problems are. Um, last month, I went down to the border, and I saw where children had been taken away from their mothers. I met with those mothers who had been lied to, who didn't know where their children were, who hadn't had a chance to talk to their children. And there was no plan for how they would be reunified with their children. I think we need immigration laws that focus on people who pose a real threat. And I don't think mamas and babies 
are the place that we should be spending our resources. Separating a mama from mm. a baby does not make this country safer. So what about Molly Tippett's mama separated from her baby, Senator Warren? You know, in 1988, Michael Dukakis ran for president of the United States. In fact, let me, it was Bernard Shaw, Michael Dukakis debate, death penalty. Um, I'm, I'm Googling as I do this because I just thought about this. As I was listening, to the, yes, 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 yes. This was this was um, Bernard Shaw of CNN at the time. They had their final debate in 1988 between George H. W. Bush and Michael Dukakis, and Dukakis was asked about his opposition to the death death penalty. Um, and Bernard Shaw asked him this question, and a lot of people say, hey, "Look, he was going to lose anyway, but he didn't have to lose this bad. His loss became devastating because of this." The first question goes to Governor Dukakis. You have two minutes to respond, Governor. If Kitty Dukakis were raped and murdered. Would you favor an irrevocable death penalty for the killer? No, I don't, Bernard, and I think you know that I've opposed the death penalty during all of my life. Uh, I don't see any evidence that it's a deterrent, and I think there are better and more effective ways to deal with violent crime. We've done so in my own state, and it's one of the reasons why we have uh, had the biggest drop in crime of any industrial state in America, why we have the lowest murder rate of any industrial state in America. Yeah, that didn't go over so well. If your wife, Kitty Dukakis, were brutally raped and murdered, would you favor the death penalty? No, I wouldn't, Bernard, because I I don't think it's effective. Um, What is it about Massachusetts politicians being unable to answer questions like this? Elizabeth Warren is confronted with the situation of Molly Tippetts, who is murdered by an illegal alien, and her response is that we shouldn't be separating mamas from their babies. Uh, and so we need to come up with a different way to do illegal immigration. That that is that that's. Yeah. Um. Y- y- now I listen. Uh, let me be charitable to Elizabeth Warren and, and say I think what she meant to say. I think what she meant to say was that we should be focusing on the violent criminals and trying to keep them out of the country and round them up and deport them. We should not be focusing on um, mothers with their children and rounding them up at the border. But the president's policy is we need to stop all illegal aliens because our nation has failed miserably. I mean, our existing policy is to keep the bad, murderous, illegal aliens out of this country. That's our existing policy. And we're clearly failing at it. And so he's escalating and let's keep them all out, all illegal aliens out. And, and that will keep the bad guys out, too. We won't have to have the government discerning stuff. But, man, her, her answer there, it, it is Michael Dukakis bad. It is Michael Dukakis bad. Senator or Michael Dukakis, if, if your wife were raped and murdered, would you favor the death penalty? Oh, no. We're, we, we, keep, we keep the murder rate low in Massachusetts. And by the way, while this is all going on, you have the Willie Horton situation. Willie Horton was a prisoner who was uh, in Massachusetts who was given a weekend furlough who went out and killed someone while Michael Dukakis let him out of jail that weekend. And contrary to popular myth, uh, it was actually Al Gore that made that attack on Michael Dukakis, not George H.W. Bush. Everybody blamed 
times George H.W. Bush. It was actually Al Gore who made that attack on Michael Dukakis, and it stuck and it resonated. And here he comes saying, oh, no, no, I wouldn't favor the death penalty for someone who murdered my wife. And now here comes the next Massachusetts politician, Elizabeth Warren, saying, oh, yeah, this is terrible. But but you know what's bad? What's bad is is separating illegal alien mothers from their children. Um. What about the legal American citizen mother who's been separated permanently from her child because of an illegal alien, Elizabeth Warren? That just doesn't come across well. And so, folks, here's your key takeaway for the day. Despite all the problems the president may have with Michael Cohen, despite all of the legal problems that may be coming, can the president get reelected? When you have Democrats going on national television saying, oh, yeah, this murder may be bad, but what about the poor illegal aliens? Yes, you're darn right. The president of the United States will probably coast to reelection against any of these Democrats. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank. And it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the Internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked with all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy no matter what you do online your mobile carrier internet service providers they're tracking you doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company wherever you're getting your internet from you're probably being tracked with ExpressVPN your internet data is encrypted your IP address is hidden ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month it's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's 25 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go back to the phones. Rhonda in Grayson. Welcome. Hi, I just wanted to say I'm an independent who was wise enough not to vote for either one of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the second point I want to make is my mother always told me birds of a fe feather flock together. So Trump's been keeping some bad company. But the main thing is that Trump's tweets, I think, are going to be the main thing that prove his guilt. He lies all the time in his tweets. He's constantly saying things that are outrageous. And I think that it's going to be used against him. You know, look, his tweets will definitely, the long history of his tweets on these and other issues come back. I mean, for example, he told Angela Earhart in the comment earlier that uh, he had tweeted about this issue. She might have missed it, he said, but but he tweeted, had tweeted about it. Let, let me let me replay this for you one more time, the, the soundbite from the president this morning on Fox and Friends. Uh, later on, I knew 
later on. But you have to understand, Ainsley, what he did, and they weren't taken out of campaign finance. That's a big thing. That's a much bigger thing. Did they come out of the campaign? They didn't come out of the campaign. They came from me, and I tweeted about it. You know, I put, I don't know if you know, but I tweeted uh, about the payments. But they didn't come out of campaign. In fact, my first question when I heard about it was, did they come out of the campaign? Because that could be a little dicey. And they didn't come out of the campaign, and that's big. But they weren't, that's not a, it's not even a campaign violation. If you look at President Obama, he had a massive campaign violation. There's a problem for what the president's saying here, though. One is the payment back to the Trump organization from the campaign, but the other is, let's not forget, we have the conversation between Michael Cohen and the president. Michael Cohen recorded the conversation with the president about payments. Now, it appears that that particular bit was about payments to the National Enquirer to keep the story from coming out. Uh, But it also acknowledges then foreknowledge of the president before the payments were made and the president's willingness to engage to stop a payment or to make a payment in order to keep a story from coming out that could hurt him in the election. We've got all of this on tape. We, we have the audio of this. We, we have the president and Michael Cohen in this conversation. Now, potentially, if this were to go to court, the president could try to suppress it and say this was attorney-client privileged information. But uh, the, the court has already determined this was not actually Michael Cohen wasn't working in his legal capacity as a lawyer for the president there. Uh, and Michael Cohen has now come out and said he wasn't working as the president's lawyer at this time. See, these are everything is aligning against the president in this way. And, and I mean, you might as well like you, you can say you don't want him to be found guilty or, or you can say you don't think it's a big deal or whatnot. But you can't deny that things are starting to align against the president. Why are they suddenly aligning against the president in this way? Uh, at this moment of all times, right before the midterms. Well, I want to discuss that with you, uh, build on something I mentioned yesterday when we come back. It is 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let me just step to 50,000 feet if we can and look down on this. Last 24 hours, let's just look at it. The very first two members of Congress to come out and endorse President Trump have now been indicted. The one from New York indicted for um, insider trading. The other happened yesterday. Duncan Hunter from California indicted for using campaign funds for personal use. Uh, literally wrote overdrafts. Oh, hang on a second. I got this. This just blew my mind. A buddy of mine texted me this um, from the yes. This is from the Washington Post. Duncan Hunter overdrew his bank account an average of three times a week every week for seven years and used his campaign account to replenish his personal account, which is a very clear violation of federal campaign finance laws. So the very first two two members of Congress to come out and endorse the president have now been indicted and are going to be carted off to jail more likely than not. 
Paul Manafort. The president's campaign manager is uh, found guilty of eight of 18 counts. The 10 he wasn't found guilty of rather complicated financial crimes. Most people saying the jury just didn't understand them. Some jurors coming forward saying as well, they just couldn't agree on, on the terms to be able to even figure out what they were looking at. Michael Cohen, the president's lawyer, indicted. And that's on top of Michael Flynn and all the other, Rick Davis and, and the others involved in the Trump campaign. And then you've got the Amorosa book coming out, and, and Amorosa tried around videotapes. By the way, she was on Chris Matthews last night with a videotape of Michael Cohen uh, walking aboard the campaign plane as if it was some sort of big deal. It wasn't. People had seen it before, um, and yet she's playing it up. Y'all, a lot of people have questioned, does character still even matter? Does character count? And there are a lot of Republicans who say now that it's all transactional, that yes, the president has bad character, but we're getting what we want from him, or let's let's not pay attention to the president's character because we're getting what we want, and we're getting good things. And and arguably, as a conservative, we've gotten a lot of good from this president. Uh, We will get Kavanaugh. We've gotten Gorsuch. We've gotten great judges around the country. We've gotten tax cuts. We've gotten uh, deregulation. We've gotten all these things out of the president and Congress, and they're good things. They are objectively, from a conservative standpoint, good things. We've gotten some bad things, tariffs and whatnot. We have, but we've gotten a lot of good stuff. So there are a lot of people who say, well, you know, okay, so the character stuff, it doesn't really matter anymore. So the problem is character always matters, and what we're seeing here is that the president's bad character is now starting to come back to him. You know, Scripture says your sins will find you out. Well, this is kind of where we are with this situation now. Um, the, the chickens are coming home to roost, if you will, or, you know, from Proverbs, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. And the president has walked very crooked and, and he has had people walk down the crooked road with him. And because the president as a bad character has built friendships transactionally, what can you do for me and what can I do for you? And hasn't built real sustaining friendships that come from someone's good character. Well, as these friendships fall apart, the relationships are falling apart. And as the relationships are falling apart, they're turning on each other. You know, when you have good character and you build good friendships with people, even in bad times, they typically don't turn on you. But when you're an opportunist and you surround yourself with other opportunists, eventually you take the opportunity to turn on each other when it's convenient for you. So character still counts. Character still matters. At the end of the day, the things we are seeing come forward now about this president at this moment from Omarosa, from Michael Cohen, from Paul Manafort, from Rick Gates, not Davis, and all these others has to do with bad character attracting bad character and the inevitability of bad character spilling out into the public. That's why character still counts. You can transactionally like all the things you've gotten from this administration. You can. I like a lot of what we've gotten from this administration. But there's no sense dancing around the fact that we wouldn't be where we are today with all these indictments. And then you, Duncan Hunter and, and Chris, what's his name from, from New York and the rest of them, bad character attracts bad character. It all it, it magnifies one upon the other. And at some point it begins to tumble down. And what we're seeing is the tumbling down. Does the president survive? I don't think the president gets impeached. I don't. I I don't think he does. I think they try to beat him at the ballot box, and I think the Democrats are playing into his hands, and he's going to beat the Democrats. I think we got a president for eight years. I do. Uh, I think we got Donald Trump for eight years. But that doesn't neglect the fact that bad character, the breadth and depth of bad character plays out far longer 
than short-term public policy gains. And that's going to be a problem Republicans will have to wrestle with for a generation, as the Democrats did with Bill Clinton, had to wrestle with those for a very long time. You know, because of Bill Clinton's character in 1994, it made it very easy for Southern Democrats to flip to become Republican. And the alignment of the Republican Party across the South and the Midwest really kicked into high gear. And then with Barack Obama and all of his problems, you saw the Democrats wiped out even further. The Republicans really are the majority party now. It is for so long, even those of us within the Republican Party have had a hard time processing. We're the majority now. And because we're the majority, we are much more a coalition party, a fractious coalition at that. Democrats are a very ideologically pure party. I was at a dinner on Monday night in Silicon Valley uh, with someone every one of you would know. And I made the point that it is far easier to find a pro-abortion, pro-gay marriage Republican now than it is to find a pro-life, pro-traditional marriage Democrat because the Republican Party is a broader, bigger coalition. Because we are the majority party. With the exception of losing the presidency in 2008 and 2012, we've won everything. We control two-thirds of elected jobs in this country, of elected positions in this country down to the local level. Republicans control two-thirds of them. Think about that. The Democrats only control a third of elected positions in this entire country. They're the minority party, so they can afford to be ideologically pure. The problem is that, and I bring up Bill Clinton, is because Bill Clinton's character problems began to cause the breakup of the Democratic Party from being a majority coalition into what is now an ideologically pure minority. What will be the long-term ramifications of Donald Trump's character? Now, maybe he'll bow out of this. Maybe he'll say, you know what? I don't need this. Pence is going to pardon me. I quit. Pence becomes president. Well, well, good. Uh, President Pence would be awesome. But let's not delude ourselves into thinking the bill never comes due. The bill becomes due eventually on bad character. At all times throughout history, the bill has become due on bad character. And we're starting to see the the tolling of the charges on this. And ultimately, for Christian evangelicals who would be screaming for indictments in jail time, if someone on the other side has done this, God eventually will force you to confront your sins and tell you to pick him or them. It is 55 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Um, there's not enough time for you people to, to do a phone call to the show. Um, so, nonetheless, I'll move on to other matters, including Brett Kavanaugh. The Democrats have decided at this point, because of the Michael Cohen situation, that they're going to do everything they possibly can to delay and obstruct the hearing for Michael Cohen. Yet, Charles Grassley who is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee from Iowa, has said that it's going to start on time on September 4th. He is not going to delay the Kavanaugh hearings. In fact, Mitch McConnell, because of procedural recalcitrance from the Democrats, he's been banking on this stuff. McConnell is essentially now lining up 54 votes on judicial picks for the president, uh, between now and the end of the year, he, even as the election is, is ongoing, McConnell intends to get a bunch of judges confirmed to various courts. So, a, again, this is one of those issues that conservatives are going to have to confront long term. There, there's not a short term answer for this. Um, is the president, um, is 
his bad character going to long term cause impacts on the Republicans. Demographically, it suggests younger voters uh, are concerned enough with it that they're turning against the GOP. But the GOP continues to have a saving grace, and that is the Democratic Party. The radical leftism of the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party's hostility towards people of faith, towards traditional values, um, towards things like immigration, uh, common sense immigration. This blowing up in the Democrats' face, I mean, we are seriously potentially looking at Republicans not having massive damage done to them in November, except in already seriously blue areas, because people, they may not like the president, but they are freaked out by the Democrats right now, who their political radicalism is scaring people.